0: well hi there everyone it's uh, John here from uh, Bethel welcome to our YouTube channel especially if you're uh, a newcomer to us it's great to have you uh, with us today Uh, and I'm really grateful for the chance on this podcast to chat uh, to catch up with not to chat up Phil but to catch up uh, with with Phil who's uh, I've known for well it was when I was studying up in Spurgeon's College. That was a while ago now. Uh, a long that we, time
1: ago, yeah.
0: Yeah, let's not talk about how long ago uh, that we that we connected. Uh, but Phil, uh, as well as being in regional ministry for the Northern Baptist Association, uh, is also part of the ICF, which is the Industrial industrial christian fellowship uh, Now, Phil, for people who don't have a clue what that is or what that means can you just kind of give us a, a summary of, of of what the fellowship is
1: yeah okay i mean industrial christian fellowship is a very very ancient if you like uh charity uh founded over 100 years ago and it was founded by the coming together of two existing organizations one was the navi mission Uh, which was a real kind of bottom-up, hands-on mission to some of the most disadvantaged people in society at the time, Um, and disadvantaged because of the job that they did, which I think is is something we might come on to a little bit later. And at the other end of the spectrum was an organisation called the Christian Social Union, uh, which was actually largely a group of academics and Oxford dons um who were waking up to the fact and it's almost impossible for us to imagine this but at the time it was still a relatively novel idea that perhaps some of the issues of poverty and social exclusion in society could be resolved. there were underlying causes that could be addressed. You know, the, at the time there was almost a belief: well, you're just born into whatever sector mm. of society, whatever layer of society you are, and that's that. If you're poor, you're poor. If you're rich, you're rich. Get on with it. And mm. so these Oxford professors were sort of saying, "No, nah, and nah, nah, that's that. It's more complex than that. It's not that simple." Mm. And both organisations, after the First World War, uh, were kind of looking for a way forward. And somebody somewhere decided it would be a great idea if the two joined together. Mm. Um, and 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 actually that there was a, a really unique fusion. So at one level, you've got this organization that is working in the Navi camps, in 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 up and down and reservoirs and railways, and goodness knows, where the other end of the spectrum is a bunch of real deep thinkers, and, and said, Let's put you together and see how you can help. As we try and rebuild society um, post- first world War, so that's how industrial Christian fellowship came about to be honest mm. Mm. and how about how you
0: got involved in it? I mean how did it how did it come across your yep. view?
1: Okay, well, if I'm really honest, I got in trouble. Uh, I got in trouble. I got involved. Uh, I probably did get in trouble as well. But I got involved as a favour for a mate. Uh, if I'm honest, this guy at the time, he said, "Look, I've been asked to get involved in this charity. It's it's kind of needs a bit of a re, rebirth. Um, I need some trustees. Um, how about you help us?" And I originally actually went along, um, almost a little bit like as I do as a regional minister as a kind of consultant figure to say, well, let me help you do some workshops. Let me help you think about what your reasons for being are, what's your purpose, all the stuff Mm -hmm. that someone like me would do with a local church. and as a consequence of that they said well you know we really like the vision you've helped us put together would you like to become a trustee um yeah. and and so i said oh yeah just, you know just for a while just to help you get started i'll i'll do that and 20 odd years later um i was obviously only seven at the time uh, but 20 <laughs> odd years later uh i'm still i'm still there i'm still part of it But mm. i chair it now that, that's even more exciting isn't
0: it yeah so i know from uh, from knowing you but also from other stuff that you've written um that this whole thing about connecting work and faith um it's not just an incidental side theme for you it's something that, that you're passionate about um and i know some of the things that you've written about are to do with those red hot topics that people live with and wrestle with and then get no airspace at all in in churches um, so, so why do you think there there seems to be continually a, a, a this huge divide between Monday to Friday, Monday to Saturday, and and Sunday?
1: Well, that's a massive question. Um, I think there are a lot of answers, uh, ways we might answer that. I, I, you know, obviously you've got to ask different people, um, but I, I, I guess for a lot of people, work is difficult, work is stressful, um, and so maybe church is part of their escape. Um, mm. From from that, and so really, you know, we don't want to bring the mess of life into into church. Now, I happen to disagree with that. Um, I tend to be very polite when I, I visit churches, but anybody who says leave all your troubles at the door and come and worship mm. God, I, I'm afraid, they say no, 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 bring them with you. Mm. Um, mm. So that would be be, I think, part of the answer. I think sometimes it's because we don't always know how to deal with that stuff. Um, it's it's difficult stuff. Mm. Um, And I don't know, maybe sometimes as church, we feel we have to have an answer. Um, Mm. And I think part of my whole view of my pastoral ministry really is, I don't think we have to have an answer. I think we have to have a space where people can wrestle with the questions. Mm. Um, Mm. So work is complicated, people are making difficult decisions. And, And I think part of my passion, personally, is because I just found myself, this isn't to be unkind to the church I grew up in. But I'm, um, you know, I when I was working for a living, um, I was involved, I was working for a big shipyard mm. that was going through a major, major industrial dispute, the kind of stuff that's happening at the moment um, mm. in, in, in a lot of our workplaces. And this was in the headlines, this was on TV, this was on the news. And I would sit in church on Sunday night, really dreading going back to work the next day facing all of this. But what struck me was not once did anybody say to me, "How is it? How are you? Mm. Um, mm. Can we pray for you?" Um, and that really stayed with me um, because I thought, you know, th- this was—you you can't say people didn't know. It was a big, big news story. Yeah. Um, you know, you may remember at the time, you know, shipyards and, and and you had the flying pickets and the all all the stuff going on, and mm. and just to not be involved in that. Um, And then right at the other end of the spectrum, um, I was a trade unionist. Um, I was in the electrical trade union, so electricians union. Um, And at the time, there was an electricians trade union in Poland in the shipyard in Gdansk. And one of their trade union secretaries, a guy called Lech Olensa, was beginning to disturb and sort of raise all kinds of questions about the way society was and as a consequence of the solidarity movement major massive changes um took place in terms of breaking the soviet bloc and Hmm. so you know i saw that some of the things i was praying for as a christian you know we were all encouraged when we were teenagers to pray for the persecuted christians behind the iron curtain and what i was seeing happening as a trade unionist was bringing Hmm. about the thing that we were praying for um, mm, mm. Sorry, I've not really answered your question, that was a very political thing to do. Um, because you said <laughs> to me, why, why don't, mm. and I don't know but what? why Why do I want to see it happen? Because I just see such incredible resonance mm. between mm. the things that matter to us as Christians and what we face at work. And it's it's only through work that many of us will bring about the change that we desire. Um, mm. You can't mm. separate it, you can't separate the two, That that would be my thing.
0: Hmm. I I, I love that, Phil. I think there is a lot in there. I think you did start to answer the the the, the why question. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm interested in this whole thing about uh, whether church is a, a space where you come to escape, uh, or whether it is where you come and mm-hmm. and bring your whole self, uh, and where it's okay to say it's really rough right now, or it's really tough, yeah. or or to celebrate the big wins as well. You know, and and bring that mm-hmm. bring who that is, and mm-hmm. um. And the other part of the answer um, that you gave, which I thought was quite interesting, uh, was, Do we are we willing to engage with some of the, the di- deeper issues um, when there aren't easy answers to what it means to run a business in a very competitive, ambitious world as a Christian? Uh, what it means to try and offer fair wages in a world that's all about profit and loss. And uh, th- those things are hard. And often there's a tension to be found or a balance to be found. Um, and we're not always that good at holding things in tension and finding a balance between things.
1: Yeah, I think I think you're right, and, and uh, I guess again it comes down to our courage as a Christian community. We're not going to agree. I mm. mean, you know, that's the mm. basic thing. You know, <laughs> you get on and ask your congregation what they're all going to vote for in the next election. If if you want to start a church dispute, um, and I think actually if if we're at our best, we can show society how to disagree appropriately. Mm. Um so, you know, as a trade unionist, I was always of a view that you know some of the guys that that I was answering to, so to speak, kind of had this idea that I was the opposition. Mm. And I'm kind of saying, look, we, we all want the same thing. We all want mm. a really productive workforce coming in and, and getting the best. And and trade unions, which was my kind of thing at the time, I, I was a manager as well. And and there were times when I crossed picket lines, and, and trust me, if you're the branch secretary of a trade union and you mm. cross a picket line, your life is not a pleasant thing. Mm. Um, and mm. there were times when I organised strikes, mm. and and it was trying to say, you know, actually, it's not about one ideology or the other; it's about what is fair, what is just, what is right. Mm. Um, mm. And and again, we should have a lot to say about that. But but mm. I think it, it moves us, and I think this is the thing: any you get a group of Christians together and they'll all agree uh, we we need to be we need to speak up for justice we need to speak up for what is right yeah that's the easy bit then to say well actually we may just have different ideas about what is right and what is mm. just mm. um and and that would be true at the moment you know what what is right and what is just if you're mm. a health worker may feel very different to what is right and what is just if you're a budget holder
0: <laughs> in yeah,
1: the nhs yes. um yeah. because You know, there's a balance and and it's maybe it's easier just to to, to sing nice songs to each other than than to grapple with what does the kingdom of God look and feel like in Mm. 21st century Britain, which I think is what we, we need to ask. Mm, and mm. it matters. Um, I mean, you you actually introduced me as a regional minister for the North Baptist Association, I'm actually the Northwestern Baptist mm. Association. The reason I'm saying that is because it includes North Wales, um, which mm. I know is a land that is close to your heart. Mm. Um, and I was running a faith and work group um, in Northwest England. So it was up sort of in the world. And there was a guy who used to come to that group and travel from Anglesey or Innismond, which is mm. it's probably an 80-mile journey. Wow! And I said to this guy, you know, this is a long way for you to come. Um, you mm. know, this is an amazing commitment. Thank you so much for taking the trouble. And he said, this is the only place that I can come. He said, in my job at the moment, I'm having to make significant numbers of people redundant. I'm Mm. having to tell organizations that their funding is being withdrawn um, Mm. and and, and see the devastation that that's causing. Mm. This is the only place where I can come and feel safe telling other Christians how it feels.
0: Mm. Mm. And
1: I thought, Mm. gosh, that's, I mean, at one level, that's a wonderful compliment, but Mm. equally, shouldn't our churches be? like that shouldn't mm. it be a place where you can just tell other people how it is mm.
0: absolutely and and you know you, you see Paul don't you when he's writing to some churches um not hiding from him, but actually highlighting it you know and, and mm. in a letter that's going to be read to a whole church so with uh, people who own slaves and people who were slaves and former yeah. slaves that were now mm-hmm. free yeah. uh, mm-hmm. telling them all about you know okay you're gonna to have to sit there and listen now to instructions to masters instructions to slaves and I don't know with that, yeah. that word slave can be loaded, but it was, you know, contextual. Um, but the um, but Paul doesn't duck it, you know, he doesn't hide from the issue. He no, actually no. he actually raises it.
1: Yeah. And I think the other end of the spectrum for me is also our scriptures aren't afraid to get their hands dirty. You know, one of my favorite verses in the Bible, and I can't remember where it is now, it's in the book of Deuteronomy, but it says, dig a pit outside the camp where you can relieve yourselves. And and mm. I love the fact that actually there right in the middle of God's law is the real very practical reality of public health and sanitation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's another little bit in Leviticus that talks about when you put a roof on your house, making sure that there's a parapet in case somebody falls off it. Yeah. And and thinking, you know, here's the first health and safety guide. And 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 so I love, yeah, you're absolutely right. At one level, there's this high-end stuff that we need to be prepared. But I think the other end of the spectrum is also to say, you know, whatever job you're doing. Whatever yeah. you do for a living, don't imagine that it doesn't matter to God.
0: Yeah. Because yeah. you
1: would be surprised when you really look at the scriptures how many issues of mm. public health, health and safety, weights mm. and measures, mm. it's all there. Um, you know, God God cares about how we do our work and how we do yeah. our jobs. Um, yeah.
0: Uh, I, I remember a couple of years ago uh, taking a trip with uh, Tiafand out to Ethiopia. Uh, and they were talking about the um, the self help groups that uh, TFM were um, helping and supporting out there. Uh, but one of the things um, that we got introduced to, and we just, just had an afternoon with this one guy uh, who was part of something called Farming God's Way. Um, and um, one of the fascinating things was he, that they were taking some parts that you've just described in other parts of the Old Testament uh, as a as a hand guide, as a handbook to how we should farm. Uh, and the results that they were seeing were, were absolutely dramatic about letting the land have a fallow year and all the rest of it, you know, circulating crops. And, uh, it's not this sort of spiritual <laughs> sort of, you know, uh, how yeah. to sort your heart out. It's actually about the land and that mm. struck me as something yeah. quite, quite vivid, you know, and due to that, then and the results, they were seeing the, the government were actually asking for advice from mm. this, yeah. this handful of Christians that just were taking the Bible seriously. Mm.
1: Um, yeah. And what I'd love to challenge you on that is that little, I know it was a slightly giveaway, month, but you said, and it's not spiritual, um, because I mm. kind of want to see, but it sort of is, mm. because actually, if people are starving, um, or the land isn't producing the crops it needs to produce, or the land is being ruined, because it's being over farmed, ultimately, that becomes a spiritual experience, when mm. people are hungry, mm. when you're mourning those whose lives are, are impaired, So again, I I think part of my passion for ICF is I think the minute we start drawing lines about human experience well, this is spiritual, this isn't spiritual, this is sacred, this is secular, Mm. I think Mm. we're missing the point. um, Mm. Because I I think there's actually a dynamic of, of, of spirituality in everything. Um, mm. You know, if, if if your train is late, it's a spiritual experience. <laughs> you're, you're stressed. You're annoyed. You're, yeah. you're you're potentially angry. So you know, even getting a train to its destination on time is mm. actually contributing to the spiritual well-being of another human being. Mm. Um, mm. Mm. And mm. and and I know I'm probably overegging the pudding there to some degree, but uh, yeah, I just think that that. That's kind of what I want to do. I want to live in that messy space that mm. says mm. Um, it's not that simple. The divisions mm. aren't that hard. Uh, mm. Life is 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 much richer and much more interestingly complex than all of that. And mm. I think that makes church an exciting place. And I think there's a missional dimension to this. Um, mm. And it goes back to you know to the point I made about when I was involved in something that was in all the newspapers. And, and my experience of church at the time was it was silent on it. Now, if we're going to be a missional church, then actually, if people are going to come to our churches, if they're going to actually walk through the door and say, this is of relevance to me, they need to hear God's people praying about the stuff that bothers them. Hmm. They need to hear God's people talking about the stuff that concerns them. And, you know, mm. interestingly, one of our biggest downloads at the moment on, on our ICF website is a piece I wrote years ago, called should Christians strike? Mm. Because mm. strikes are, are you know, whatever you feel, there are some people who think we should be on the picket lines with uh, mm. with the, the people who are striking. There are other Christians who think it's appalling that, that these people are going on strike. Mm. What matters to me is that Christians are talking about it because that's yeah. what everyone else is talking about. Yeah. So I think there's a missional dimension to it too, that if we're going to be a church that's relevant, uh, we have to be a church where, where this stuff is talked about. Mm. Um, mm. Yeah.
0: yeah. I know your, um, your colleague, John Weaver, has put together a... Um, a a small group study resource and if you're part of bethel and would like to talk more about Mm -hmm. it we'd we'd love to uh, connect you or reconnect you uh, with with one of those groups um i I sense phil that we we could talk for for much longer about this but Mm -hmm. as time is racing on perhaps we could just land on If somebody's listening to this and they're just thinking about their job and they can't make the connection, they can't think why God would be interested or um, can't imagine that there's anything spiritual, there's quite a hard line in their mind. Uh, Mm. What what do you think one thing they could do uh, would be just to take a step towards uh, just recognizing that God is interested in their workplace?
1: I think at the very least, and I've had this conversation, I mean, I, I have this wonderful high view of work um, and, and I'll often, you know, after I've spoken at something, someone will call me and say, Yeah, but let me tell you about my job. Let me tell you. How I'm off." And and I think, yeah, but actually, for you, it is even more important than you that you don't lose sight of that. Mm. Um, mm. Because even your discontent can become a God given discontent. Mm. Um, I mean, you've also kind of queued me up to talk about the other book that John and I have written, which is called Love Work. Mm. And again, I, I kind of want to say to people, well, e- even if your job is rubbish or it feels rubbish, your attitude as a Christian can be good. Uh, and one of the little, little sort of so we came up with these sort of 10 commandments for work. And so, well, you know, go into work and be diligent, be prayerful, be, be positive, be forgiving, mm-hmm. uh, because actually it matters. And and as I, I said to someone the other day, you know, no matter how bad your workplace is, as a Christian, you have the opportunity. To be the reason people are glad they were there, mm. um, you mm. can still be someone people are glad to work with, even yeah. if the job is awful. Yeah. Um, and and I think that's kind of it, it, you know I hope work is better than that. But I think if you start with that, maybe that then creates the resolve to say, "Let's make work better. Mm. Let's 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 look at why things are so so terrible." And interestingly, a lot of it is down to people. Um, there's, there's a little aspect of part of my job, um, which isn't directly to do with the Baptist, Baptist family. Um, but it's a piece of work I do that most people would really envy and say, oh, you know, we, we wish we had the chance to do that. It's a great piece of work. But the person I do it for really does make it very difficult for me. Hmm. Um, and, and it really, that experience is really kind of regalvanize my commitment to this because I think you know actually this isn't a joy and the reason it isn't a joy is because the person who oversees it is not actually a great person to work with now let me say this is a piece of work I do outside of the baptist community just in case uh, anyone but but it's you know it's quite interesting to to realize Mm. that how much of our experience of work is not down to the job we do but it's mm. down to how we interact with the people we do it with, and we can make that difference as Christians.
0: Yeah, that's brilliant, Phil. Thank you. And I, I, the, the the book you just mentioned, "The Reflections on on Love Work," is fantastic. Yeah. So I'll I'll, I'll pop a, a link in the description if anyone wants to to get a copy. Yeah. It's well well worth a read. Really helpful yeah. stuff.
1: And I don't know whether your church has got our, our lovely drink mats, um, but we we do a drink mat to go with it that you can stick on your desk or. On your workbench at work, just to remind you to to maybe just be a nice person while you're in your workplace. So make sure you get some of them, Jonathan, and give them out to your congregation with generous abound.
0: But <laughs> well, we do t- we need reminders, don't we? You know, because yeah. of that. Oh, that I divide. yeah, I
1: it's yeah, I love the. Uh, I'm a great fan of the book, The Nudge Unit, um, and and one of the nudges that make us live as better people. So yeah, mm-hmm. that, that's the idea. of That to be a little nudge every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and please buy well, the book as well because it's great
0: <laughs> well thank you so much phil i'm well done for getting a plug in there at the end that was good that was oh, just, no, no, no,
1: just we, seamless seamless absolutely plug. seamless yeah brilliant <laughs> but something's got to keep me in retirement so
0: yeah. <laughs> talking <laughs> about work yeah yes thanks so so much.
1: oh thank you for having me it's been great to come along and i hope that uh, doing this together with small groups is a blessing to you thanks phil